Hey everyone, welcome back and thank you for joining this episode of Permitted with Conditions. I'm Sam the Intern, and let's get things started with part four of the guest interview with our guest, Becky McRae. So I, I want to jump to the Small Biz Survival blog, which is a you know, top blog for small business towns now for a number of years. A lot of great content. Yourself, other writers uh, are putting out a, a lot of great information. And, and I like it because it's in real good bite-sized chunks that I think people can digest. It's like, you know, here's a couple, three or four ideas uh, of what you can do in your business. Uh, and, and it's the really implementable things. Um, and so, you know, from my experience, there's really kind of a couple of key parts to economic development. And, and we've talked a bit about what kind of the cities and the towns can do uh, up to this point, but relative to this blog and, and some of the content that's on there, it's more along the, there's a lot more content there along what the businesses themselves can do, you know, to, to not just survive, but to thrive and kind of innovate and grow. And you know, having traveled through a lot of small towns, worked in a few of them, you know, you see kind of how these different, communities are. I mean, there's been some fantastic small communities that I've been to that left such an impression on me. Like, we still will talk about our experience there as a family, and it's been five years. And like, one example is Bel Air, Michigan. Like, we had just a community of like 1,050 people and had an amazing, you know, time there, um, you know, just a couple of days of, you know, staying nearby and, and driving into town and and eating and shopping and those sorts of things. Um, and, and it was all because of how the businesses did business that really was inviting and welcome. Um, but one of the things that, that often comes up on that business side, and, and it's often a criticism from folks in the city um, or even in city government, is that Main Street kind of rolls up the sidewalks at five o'clock and closes down and, you know, wow, there's nothing to do. There's nowhere to go. I can't, you know, I just got off work, but I can't go buy it you know, a pair of shoes for, for Timmy um, and those sorts of things. What are some of the ways that businesses can kind of look at that differently, you know, or they can maybe make some small changes that might be good for the community, but also it'd be of, of great benefit to them as a business because they'll do more business. You know, we talked about some of the ways of making your downtown a more appealing place where people would like to spend time, whether that's through planting and landscaping or just having benches where people can sit and face each other and have a conversation. That's kind of the stuff that can be done at large, but what can an individual business do? On our survey of rural challenges, the first couple of years, doing business after five, not working for people was the top number one response for small businesses. So we know this is a challenge and I understand it because I ran a retail store myself for almost 13 years and we were open 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday. So this is this is a big deal. And one of the things I learned and that has been backed up is that, and this is it, this is the secret that no one tells you. Evening customers are different customers than daytime customers. They're different people. They need different things. And it, but we saw this in our store, Dr. Scott Dacko, who is Associate Professor of Marketing with Warwick University in the UK, also back this up, calls it time of day marketing, time of day marketing. So you have to actually learn about your evening customers before you can hope to attract them. You have to learn who they are and what they do by going where they are when they go out in the evening. Are they hanging out at the fitness place because it's the only place that's open? 
go find out who they are, pay attention. You have to show those people that they are special, which means finding out the kind of things that they want to buy. You know, your daytime customers may buy one set of products. Your evening customers are looking for an entirely different product selection. And you also have to change the mood because the mood of the store during the day is light and, and you know, the daytime kind of feeling. The evening feeling may need to be more relaxed. People may be rushing in after work. So you may need to create that kind of relaxed vibe as opposed to the energizing vibe that you have during the day. So, but you're going to have to figure that out from your customer. You can also go to, if there are like big box stores in your community where people shop after hours, go there and learn about them. So there's a lot of work to be done. And I will admit, this is a lot of work. It's hard. It's like starting a whole new store. And if you've been in business for 20 years, your 20 years of experience are worthless to you in trying to figure out what works for your evenings. So you may need to partner with somebody else to help you see things in a new way or to bring new energy. You may even want to partner with somebody who's uh, from the demographic of the people who are coming in in the evenings so that they can help you adjust that store based on who's likely to use it at that time. And so moving from the hardest thing you can possibly do, which is like rebuild your store to suit the evening crowds, is to think about events. Now, a lot of people talk about doing like large community-wide events, but there's a lot of places that do concerts in the evenings, but these do not generate shopping. Experiences in Lake Arrowhead, California, they do a huge summer concert series. No one shops. People are not shopping. They're hanging out and that's fine. Just recognize that, that maybe you can like get somebody to sign up for your newsletter, but they're not going to buy that evening of the concert. So uh, acknowledge what is true about evening events. Now, one person did come in and it's actually a comment from small biz survival a reader named cindy commented that they tried a program that worked which was dinner and a movie so they actually set up tables throughout downtown they had a dinner musician performed and then before the movie started there's like 40 minutes after kind of the dinner was finished and before the movie starts and people walked around and they actually shopped and then they showed a movie on the side of one of the buildings so you don't even need a theater to do dinner and a movie Notice you don't even need a restaurant because they did dinner on tables, so, like work with whatever it is that you have. So, and one last thing is many towns do like art walks in the evening where people, where artists are set up on tables or they're in the art gallery. And so you can walk from place to place. People kind of stroll around together. I don't know why, but most businesses don't do this. Host artists in your store. Pick artists that work with your demographic that you're trying to attract in the evening and have it in your store and have a demonstration and then tap their network and your own network to bring your own customers to come to your store for the walk and not just rely on the walk's going to bring people to me. You have to give people a reason to come in. You have to invite them and then you have to make the whole thing work. So again, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work because what we're trying to do is change people's habits They've gotten into the habit of not coming downtown in the evening because you're never there. So just being there won't change that. It will take a lot of people working together to change that entire feeling of the downtown into a place people hang out and shop and participate and make community together. But it's so worth it because you're changing yeah. the future of your town. Yeah, and I, I've, I've seen that in you know a lot of small downtowns where you might have a couple of restaurants they're doing fairly well and they've got a lot of traffic coming in and out, but all of the businesses that aren't restaurants, none of them are open. And even if they were to open, I mean, the chances of, you know, somebody like me when I'm hustling my kids, you know, from the car to get in, cause I just want to get some dinner and we've got another activity to run, 
run through. I'm probably not going to notice just that, you know, somebody's lights are on and, and, and they're open. There, there has to be something more to it than that. that, that you know, you, you've got to catch people. You got to, right. it, it's kind of, I think what you're saying is understanding the experience that folks are trying to have and being mm -hmm. ready to provide a, an element of that experience. You know, you talked about having your kids and hustling your kids there. First of all, can you make some family parking in your downtown so that there are dedicated places that people that are bringing kids can park close to whatever the attraction is? The second thing is, can you create, and if, if you see that there's a bunch of people hustling their kids into the restaurant, how can you create something that is useful and supportive for a family at that moment? Can you have an activity? Can you have a hand wash station can you have like what can you do there's something you can do and you have to maybe ask the parents what do you need where where are you going next do you need a bag drop location while you're gonna because the next thing you're gonna do is take the kids to the sports or you know what is it that the kids and parents actually need at that time and until yeah. you figure and, out what that is then you can't offer it yeah and i just kind of on that point you know my kids are, are more grown today than they they, they were several years you know ago yeah, earlier Beller, Bel Michigan, you know, was mentioning a while ago, we, we were on a vacation there. And, and I remember we took the, the kids into town with us. We were trying to enjoy some of their stores and you get to about the fourth store and that's about it, you know, yeah, for, for yeah. the small kids. Right. And it just so happened we were in the Beller smoke shop and my youngest was, you know, starting to get a little more out of sorts, let's just say. And, and I can't even, I can't to this day remember what it was that uh, the lady that was running the smoke shop gave my son, but it gave him like some treat or something like that yeah. to eat. And it was, it was like super simple, but it was like, he got a like moment of attention yeah. and he was so excited that he got something, you know, cause it was all real adult stuff kind of up until that point. And it just like, it changed the mood for us and as shoppers made it a lot easier for us to spend time in the store and spend money which we ended up doing wow, and i, I look like at it. those kinds of things as just you know it whatever it was you know i don't know if it was a, a sucker or you know like a small little snack or something like that yeah. they had there but but it was something that it just you know it didn't cost the business much but it was the whole notion of it just changed what was happening and it made it a situation where, I mean, they were able, instead of me hustling out with the youngest uh, because he's causing a scene, you know, I was able to stay there and now we're throwing ideas off. Oh, we should get this too. And we should buy that for tonight. And, you know, it was just the power of some of those types of things uh, with, with businesses. Um, you know, it was a kind of a make it moment. Uh, I like so, it. so, you know, we've talked about kind of uh, some of these things that small retail businesses can do to grow their customer base, get, get some more people in the door or look at that, uh, look at that scenario where, you know, how do you stay open at night and take advantage of maybe a higher concentration of people that might be in the downtown? Is there any other advice that you would offer, you know, some, some of these smaller businesses in small towns as far as, you know, things that they can do, small things that, that would allow them to, you know, continue to kind of grow, you know, their following or grow the number of people that are going to be repeat customers. Okay. The first one is, this one is really simple, but one of our contributors from Small Biz Survival is named Glenn Muskie. He's from North Dakota, was working North Dakota State University. Extension was their micro business specialist. And he said, potential customers are going to need to hear your business three to five times before they even recognize that you exist. And that's even in a small town. I promise you, people do not know who you are, especially if your business hasn't been there for very long or it's been there for decades. In either of those cases, 
people don't know. And people move to town all the time. They've not heard of you. So that's three to five. They may need, may need another five to seven contacts with your brand or your product or your service before they even start thinking it works for them. So we're talking at, at least 13 times you have to invite somebody before they're going to become your customer. So I know you think you're telling people, you're not telling people nearly enough. Tell people more, keep telling people, act like nobody in town has ever heard of you. Keep telling them. Another thing is we talked a little about host other businesses inside your business at events that like you might host an artist. The other thing that I talked about is like, if you want people to come after five, you may need some after five type people to help you remake your business. But a really powerful thing you can do in your business is you can become kind of a little mini business incubator, host pop-up businesses inside your business. So whether it's an artist or an artisan or a maker or a crafter or somebody that's like, you know, making widgets in their garage and you just want to show them, you want to coordinate it with what the kind of business you are. So one example, Joanne Schissel, who's from Nearwood Winery, which is in Iowa, I think it's Knoxville, Iowa is where they're near. They've got a tasting room there. And so they've had crafters set up. So they had a crafter making gift bags that hold a bottle of wine. Absolutely need a pop-up of that in the tasting room at the winery. They've also done book signings by local authors. They've had art exhibits by local artists. And she builds this, Joanne said, around this motto of where creatives gather which is a perfect theme for it. And it makes a lot of sense. Her, her wine buyers want to support the creative type businesses. So it makes a lot of sense. I talked about Colfax, Washington. In Colfax, they had a new plant store open and they started a botany club. Tell me that's not brilliant. That's a way of bringing customers to your door, that getting customers to be repeat customers, of giving a focus around learning that's going to bring in new people. So not trying to convince anybody, well, you should really get into plants. Instead, it's saying, you're really into plants, join our botany club, because you're going to have a lot of fun doing it. So they are attracting people to them based on what people like to do in the first place, which is the easiest way to attract people. So I'd love to see another one that I've heard works really well are game nights. There's lots of businesses, whether they're coffee shops or they're just a hangout kind of place, a game night gives people a reason to come in and something to do while they're there. And, and so it becomes a, a focus of building community. So game nights are a great idea. And I've heard of those working all sorts of different places. So have a theme for why it works, that works for your customers, like where creatives gather. Have fun around the thing that you do with your customers, like the botany club, and create that kind of place where people can create community, like having game nights. And then tell people more times. You're not telling them enough. Yeah. And I, I mean, I would think with the plant store, I mean, what would be helpful for a guy like me? I've got a few plants in my office, but I don't necessarily care for it very well and it, it reflects and you know I get all of a sudden there's brown spots all over the leaves and I don't know if I'm watering too much too little whatever so and just even some simple you know like educational stuff and you know I, yeah just creating an environment by which people can you know not only do they buy your product but they might get more out of the purchase for a long time the secret to sharing information online around a small business has been the following answer customer questions. And so that applies whether that's like your website, that's your social social media, that's your video marketing, that's your botany club, that's your plant clinic, bring us your sad plant and we'll tell you what you're doing wrong. You know? So whatever you're doing, answer customer questions. Yeah. You know, one of the other things I've seen a lot in small towns is how, besides the pop-up concept, how businesses work to leverage each other. 
And one of the examples I always stood out to me when I was in Iowa, uh, in one town, there was a, a clothing store next to a restaurant. If you bought a certain amount of merchandise, they would give you a you know, certificate to go next door and have a drink or have an appetizer or something of that nature. And then they would also then throw you on their list of kind of VIPs. Uh, and so they would invite you for, you know, like the, they got a new line of clothing in and you're now going to come down the night before everybody else gets to see it and you're going to get access to it first. And then, you know, they'd have some food catered by uh, the restaurant next door. I always thought that was pretty uh, creative stuff. What are some other ways in which you've seen, you know, successful examples of businesses leveraging each other in those downtowns? So I actually saw another clothing store pizza joint example, and it was in California. It's near Lake Arrowhead and there's a, a clothing place. And so if you go eat at the pizza joint, then you get a discount at the clothing store. And it's a sign at the parking lot. Tell me that's not smart so that even if you didn't know, you'd like find out that way. I've seen other businesses do lots of kind of cool stuff. One of the tricky things is, and I tricky, by which I mean is that's a cool trick, is do a get together. Start by just getting together some people. You don't have to know, oh, well, pizza and, and women's clothing, obviously a fit. You can just start by having a little get together. So Hampton, Iowa, which population 150 people, maybe they had a, a get together quick look up the population of Hampton but they had like there were some specialty shops a, a flower shop there's a winery and a marketer the marketer happens to be Deb Brown so that's how I know this story they started getting together of course they met at the winery because that was the right place to get together it was informal they would just talk and say here's what I'm working on in my business like here's the problem I'm up against they would share ideas they would bounce ideas off of each other a couple of the businesses started a cross promotion thing like that so that's one way to do it is just get your friends together and start having that kind of of conversation so you can create the cross promotion another Ponca City Oklahoma story there's a group of businesses that do kind of downtown entertainment sort of thing like there's an art party place where you can have an art party with your kids or for grown-ups um and so they've started a just a group text message where they share ideas with each other. They're like, oh, I'm reading this book. And they'll share ideas with each other and say, oh, we're going to be open on Thursday afternoon, evening. We're having a big party at this time. You may want to be open also. That kind of information exchange helps create those opportunities to leverage each other. And not just for promotion, but for growing as businesses. And so another one that I've heard with no expectation of reward there's a great place called the Stone's Throw Cafe, just a th Stone's Throw away. They're in Alberta, in Crow's Nest Pass, Alberta, Canada. And there's so there's like five little villages across the pass of the mountain. So all these towns are considered Crow's Nest Pass. They started a Pinterest board, what to do in Crow's Nest Pass, with no expectation that anyone would ever do anything back for them. And it doesn't matter. By creating more interest in coming to town, giving people more options of what they can do while they're in town, they're going to sell more of those absolutely horrendously large cinnamon rolls at the Stone's Throw Cafe in Crow's Nest Pass. So any business can do that. Like if you don't have a what to do in your town Pinterest board, start one. It's very easy. <laughs> and then just keep adding to it. And then one more thing on leveraging each other is to join in with a larger thing. So I don't recommend necessarily Shop Small Saturday, the American Express run thing, because 
it's on Saturday and the focus is on a single day. So I, I like to have something that's on a larger day, a larger scale than one day. And also that Saturday tends to be a day that when small town people get in the car and drive and go shop in the big city. So it's useless for your community. Not that people don't make good use of it. It's just not, it's not optimal. So, but one I like better is called shop indie local and that is put on by the american independent business alliance amiba or amoeba and so that's called shop indie local they have a lot of materials you can use they give you graphics you can steal and customize they provide ideas and suggestions for how to run that campaign season long starting with trying to get people to shop local starting earlier so that they don't you know don't miss their opportunities and how you can take advantage of the last minute opportunities and the, the whole shopping season. And so that's called Shopping the Local, and I really recommend it for small towns. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you see in a lot of smaller towns now are doing things like restaurant weeks and, mm -hmm. and those sorts of things just to kind of advertise uh, their local businesses. And I, I can see, you know, that even parlaying yeah. over to, to like retail week, right? Where well, and retail based, it's yeah. kind of together and doing something special. That Shopping the Local program and the Amoeba group actually provide additional resources for things like restaurant week ideas and eat local ideas. And so they have like this whole suite of tools. You can do your whole year, like around Independence Day in the United States, they talk about Independence Week, shopping your independent businesses. So like there's a whole flock of tools you can use from there. So that's one of the reasons I really do recommend it. It's like it fits with a lot of the ideas that you're talking about. Uh, that, that's very helpful. Uh, to you know, those resources, I mean, that, you look at small businesses and, you know, they don't have marketing departments and those sorts of things. So those kinds of resources are super helpful uh, in, in kind of being the genesis for some of these programs. 